0: to the races.
1: <laughs> I'm glad that you don't just do that to me, you do it to yourself where you're like I'm on a train of thought here. Oh, I better fix this like mid-sentence.
0: Well, I only spent 30 minutes adjusting my microphone before the episode started. So I need another 30 minutes
1: into the episode of adjusting it.
0: And now where was I? Dun, 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 dun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 103 of the LA Meekly podcast. You Welcome it. back.
0: 103. Is anything 103? Anything's old? No, nothing.
1: Not a single thing. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, that we're, we're the
0: first one. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy that the world was created 100 episodes ago <laughs> and we were created three before that. It was just us and dinosaurs who yeah. don't know how to podcast. No, they don't. They Sorry, can't fig- science class. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they can't figure out RSS feeds. They we live in do an
0: ultra religious country now, so I can say those sorts of thing, and people will back me up on that. The Supreme Court will back me up on that. A
1: certain kind of people put bones in the ground and they want to convince us that there was dinosaurs. Yeah. They put bones
0: in the ground and microphones in their little hands <laughs> and
1: they try to convince me that dinosaurs
0: could podcast. Nice try, Elon Musk. The Pterodactyl podcast also has a silent P. Do you call it a pterodactyl? Pterodactyl, I have Pterod- to say. Pterodactyl. Is you going
1: to come at me, a guy who just watched Jurassic World Dominion with dinosaur references? With my my third grade knowledge of dinosaurs? <laughs> pterodactyl. That's what it is. I haven't said that out loud since the third grade, since the original Jurassic Park came out. You took dinosaur
0: classes in the mid-Atlantic region. of <laughs> I say now, a pterodactyl is coming. Well, this is episode 103. It's July. It is this July. It's July. It's the month of fireworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Independence for s- some people. <laughs> Independence for out-of- touch a sector of the country and also hot dogs
1: Uh, one time a year I I get excited about relish being around And then after that, get it away from me. You don't like...
0: Re- uh, look, I'm not going to get into nah. your thoughts.
1: We're not here to talk about relish. I'm so hungry. And we have a bunch of food in front of us and I can't eat it and it's making me very mad. <laughs> I, I'm training you and I I kept my muzzle on you. Normally, I take off
0: your muzzle before the episode starts, but yep,
1: it's well needed.
0: <laughs> you get wheeled in here like Hannibal Lecter because you might bite <laughs> the windshields because you think it's cotton candy. I'm leaving it on this time. But before we get into that, let's talk yeah. about something uh, last month that we did in the month of June. You go first. Well, I know what you want me to say. Yeah. You want me to violate my HIPAA (laughs) oath and admit to the world that I finally got (laughs) SARS-CoV-19. Yeah, but what strain did you get? I don't know. I must have had like monkey covid (laughs) Because I kept scratching my balls every time I sit down. Whenever Melissa showed her teeth to me, I tried to rip her eyeballs out. I don't know. I okay, so I got COVID. Finally, Finally. will he? Won't he? Which is so. I mean, if anybody who knows me knows that I am more careful about COVID than anybody Uh, who knows
1: me. And dare I say, annoyingly so. Okay. Well,
0: look, just because you were there clapping in the streets after the Supreme Court decision doesn't mean that you can shame me for being careful about COVID. But I let my guard down once it's, and I immediately got like the worst case of COVID. I, everything short of having to go to the hospital yeah. and die alone. I got like every symptom of COVID.
1: You certainly got, I, I don't want to go as far as you're going right now, but I, I will say that <laughs> nobody got COVID worse than me. <laughs> of the people that you were around who got it, you seem to have been the worst case. According I, to I, you.
0: As always, I'm the worst Worst case of anything. But yeah, I got it really bad. I, you know, fever for like four days. I was coughing. I felt horrible. And like I've been saying this whole time, the worst symptom of it happened to me, which is I lost my taste and smell, which like every other day I started freaking out of like, well, I'm never going to taste anything again. Like I have nothing without my good
1: taste. Yeah. It was, that was the closest it came to being like a, a (laughs) Gothic romantic protagonist. (laughs) I
0: started shopping at, at hot topic for some reason. I, I bought all of these Sally shirts, <laughs> from Nightmare Before Christmas. I was so sad about it, but like, it, it, especially good for what we're doing in this episode. I think it's finally mostly back. This is how you celebrate, yeah. But it was awful. If you are eligible to be boosted, do get boosted. And also keep wearing a mask because yep. it really sucks. Like you're pro- if you're listening to us, I know you're vaccinated because you're not allowed to listen to us <laughs> if you're not vaccinated. We check. It sucks. Like it really, like for you two, like you were out of commission when you got it for mm-hmm. like
1: a week and a half or two week weeks. And, and I was coughing for like a, m- a month afterwards. <laughs> you, yeah. My body just got so used to coughing that the muscles in my shoulders were like just tense <laughs> for a long time and yeah. sore.
0: You got like really buffed. Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> between your neck and shoulders was just like a little mountaintop on Yeah.
1: You. This is the year that everybody I know is getting it. Like last yeah. year, the last two years, I'm like, oh, friend of a friend or you right, know, somebody right, right. I've heard of before. But now like everybody I know has had COVID in 2022. I'm glad that everybody I know who got it is vaccinated and we're getting it now that we've all had the shots and everything. So it's not, Uh, Killing us.
0: It's killing my bank account because I have so (laughs) many shirts from Hot Topic now because I got really depressed and emotional. So, what did you do this month? (laughs) Have you been to Hot Topic? (laughs) Have you seen their shirt collection? <laughs> okay, so here's my thing of the month. Yeah, it's the Metro gift shop online. It's shop.metro.net, but they just like made a whole ad campaign. They started taking the old Metro ride tokens uh-huh. and turning them into like lapel pins, oh really, and, like zipper charms and keychains and badge holders, wow. and they look really cool. Like it has like a little bit of the skyline. It kind of, do you have you ever watched the PJs? <laughs> yeah, I remember the PJs. It was yeah. like because the logo, of the PJs, it was like a manhole cover, and yeah. it had like. It looks like that. so funny. So if you're a fan of the
1: PJs
0: (laughs) and Los Angeles, they're really cool. The lapel pin looks really nice, but they I think most of those are sold out at this point, but they have those. But everything on the gift shop is pretty cool. They have like phone cases and they have like some pretty nice shirts for a metro (laughs) that everyone hates, but it's pretty cool. So that's my thing of the month. You can have all the COVID you want and still shop at this online store. They don't even ask. What did you do this past month? Because all I was doing was online shopping. (laughs) Because I was home. Because
1: I couldn't leave.
0: (laughs) Hot top. Topic and the Metro stop. <laughs> I got all my groceries from Hot Topic.
1: <laughs> I finally went to Clearman's Galley. I think it's a steakhouse. But it's oh. the one that we were talking to Charles Phoenix yeah, with. Yeah,
0: yeah. The one that's a log cabin. It's the
1: log cabin with the fake snow everywhere and it looks like uh, like hateful eight's about to happen in there. <laughs> I went with three of our friends, they invited me to go, and it was it was it was great. It was, the menu is in the sh- it's like a big tin or metal menu that stints in front oh, really? like on the table and it's like in the shape of a pig. Uh, and <laughs> it was like a steakhouse. Like I, I don't know why I thought it was anything but a steakhouse, but it's but a- why would it be a pig? I don't it's know. Pig steaks? Yeah, pig steak. You didn't know that. Um, <laughs> the other steak. If it was a cow, we'd just want to tip it over. Nobody tips a pig over. Uh, but it was great. It was it was delicious. The food's delicious. The, the staff is fantastic. The and, staff is delicious the as staff well. Staff is delicious. Because oh,
0: I saw yeah. pictures
1: and it's like peanut shells on the floor. Yeah, of place, right? it, some of it's peanut shells. Some of it I think is fake snow. Uh, some of
0: it is sawdust from the vomit of all the <laughs> pig steak I I was eating.
1: But yeah, it was delicious. It, it's like deceptively big inside or deceptively small. I should say. Like outside, it's like okay, there's a restaurant, and you go inside, like how many rooms is this? And each Room. Was I like feel a like big this call. is two
0: months in a row where you're like, this place fooled me. by how yeah. big it was? Maybe, I,
1: maybe I have a bad
0: <laughs> depth perception. This is a a lingering side effect of your COVID. Is you can't <laughs> gauge reality anymore. <laughs> oh, and you have bad taste. Um,
1: oh no, get them. Oh no. But that was delicious. And then we uh, there was a boat that's related uh, to Clearbins. <laughs> it's oh, where you
0: me. go catch pigs <laughs> from the boat. And also, how dare you make fun of me for keeping bringing up restaurants and food for my thing of the month? And you're
1: Name like, one. Well, I was at. Name what? You did one. No, 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 no. I did one. Not every month. I'm like, let How me How many tell you, have I what? done?
0: What? Seven? Twelve? <laughs> Forty at this point? That sounds like the sort of place I would like to go yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. When I, COVID's over. When COVID is know, over. I give it
1: till Easter. <laughs> I give it till Easter, 2020.
0: I'm still uh, contesting the results of this past <laughs> Easter, but I think COVID's over.
1: <laughs> Rudy Giuliani had a few drinks and told me that COVID was over. W- wiping his face the entire time, but he had told me that COVID was over. <laughs> he
0: was wiping his face and it was a shoe polish coming
1: up. <laughs> he said both it's over and it's also. Never really.
0: <laughs> I think it was Jordan sent me a yeah. message of like there were so many food recommendations in that Charles Phoenix thing which you should go back to and listen to if you haven't I completely agree there were so many places like yeah. I'm still waiting to go to that pizza, the place, pizza place in Highland yeah. Park with it's like old man pizza or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charles Phoenix not only has great recommendations for things but just like so tailored to what we like Yeah. Charles Phoenix would like you gotta go to this trash can <laughs> and the trash can is so delicious because it looks old and the food is good in it like yes Charles Phoenix yeah, I'll go because, because
1: Charles Phoenix me. said to do it, I would yeah, have done I, it. Trust I trust Charles Phoenix with him. my life. <laughs> uh, if you try to shoot me in the heart, it won't go through because I have a picture of Charles Phoenix <laughs> in my chest pocket. I, I've got the menu from Clearman's <laughs> in my chest protect me. Um, yeah, some people have gone to the pizza place based on his recommendation. Oh, really? Episode, so, yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, it's everything that he said it was.
0: Perfect. Speaking of perfect, this is about to be a perfect episode. I guarantee. Yeah. So like, Oh, I know <laughs> it.
1: This has already started off better than most episodes do. This is,
0: LA Meekly has been 103 episodes culminating in what we're about mm-hmm. to do because- we're finally, by the way, there's a listener question at the end, but we're finally going to be, uh, you got to take care of no. TCB. Yeah, the Elvis movie's coming out. TCB. This episode brought to you by The Colonel.
1: <laughs> Tom Hanks says The Colonel.
0: We are finally doing an episode about donuts. Donuts have been such a big part of LA Meekly behind the scenes for mm-hmm. so many years. We yeah. typically will eat a donut or two before every episode.
1: Because we will be doing it so late that we're like, oh, let's get a donut because yeah. the donut place is open. Yeah, yeah that's the, the
0: only right thing now. open. Let's have some a coffee that they made 12 hours ago from this donut place. <laughs> it's like but,
1: rubber gloves. Yeah, finally, they're no longer behind the scenes. Now they are the show. Now
0: they, now they are the scenes. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about donut history of LA, but also we have donuts from each of these places yeah. and we are going to, after each segment taste of the donut.
1: So excuse me if I cut some history short. I just want a donut so bad. They're sitting in front of me and I can't eat them and it's making me very Uh, upset.
0: For our other show about candy which some of you have heard about already. When we recorded the first episode I came in so hungry and there was a Snickers bar sitting in front of me. I'm like I gotta get through this history because I am going to
1: faint if I don't (laughs) eat.
0: But I made sure to eat a burrito in front of you before this. You did yeah
1: and you didn't even ask me if I was hungry or what what, what my life was like.
0: I asked you if you were hungry and then you said yeah and I said good, and then I ate the burrito with such zest.
1: Yeah, and then you threw away a quarter of it. You are like, it's just too good to finish.
0: That's for the homies. I throw out a third of my burrito for
1: the people who are no longer with us.
0: Look, I want to just tell you a little bit about the donut scene in LA before, because donuts are such a like. A lot of people I don't think think about it, but like, and I might mention this later in the episode, but like, donuts to LA are kind of what pizza is to New York. Okay, or just or even just like donut shop. Shops are to LA what bodegas are to New York Right, like you could go in there almost any time of day and you can get almost like you get a sandwich you could get boba you could get a smooth you could get get lottery
1: tickets you can get cigarettes you can get Armenian coffee you can get Vietnamese coffee you
0: can get part of a hold up that's happening at three in the morning or you could be the hold up at three in the morning but donut shops whether you notice it or not are so prevalent in LA and it's like the only thing left where it's like not just chains which we're going to get into why a little bit later but like the donut shop scene of LA is such a special thing that I hope never goes away, even though it's kind of changing a little bit. What yeah. you all get into? But look, just a little bit about donuts in LA. Yeah. Hit me with it. Nationally, the USA, that's, America. That's the place with the Supreme Court. Oh, we united. The flawless Supreme
1: Court. <laughs> Infallible Supreme Court. Never does anything wrong. Right?
0: The USA averages one donut shop per 30,000 people. In LA, that number is one donut shop for every 7,000 people.
1: Whoa. There are
0: so many donut shops. Like I said, we're in New York City. As it's bodegas, we have donut shop. That's our thing. There's nothing better than being in a little donut shop at like 11 at night yeah. and just sitting there and the owner's like, I really wish you would leave. Yeah, but-
1: you, you're bleeding. I wish you would leave. I get kind of spoiled sometimes because I'm I, anywhere I have to go, I imagine I'm going to pass a couple like just random donut right. shops on the way there. Like I think I was leaving, I don't know, leaving Las Vegas, TCB. I was, <laughs> I was driving to you uh, from somewhere, and I just kept assuming like, oh, I'll just run into a donut shop, and I couldn't find any. And I think I had to call you like, where are the donut shops around here? And you had to <laughs> send me to the industrial part of the valley to find any because you live in. Um, uh, I live off of Ventura, so I don't
0: really. Uh, I can get artisanal tacos. I live in a neighborhood north of Ventura. <laughs> it's also one. I mean, prices of everything are kind yeah. of ridiculous right now. But yeah. it's one of the few things where if like I've got $2 and I want to eat something, like yeah. you'll find something at a donut yeah. shop. You will, like It's yeah. one of the only places left outside of the discount racket realms. Like, <laughs> this is the only place you can still get food.
1: Yeah, for if you're like, you know, I lived on a very, very, very tight budget for a while. So it was like fast food. But if I needed something filling that was cheap, I would just get like two donuts. Yeah. For, you and know. now you're rolling in it, right? Now I make my own donuts. Now <laughs> I, I own sidecar donuts.
0: <laughs> I only go to sidecar yeah. donuts. <laughs> okay, so you're going first in
1: all this. Yes, I am. So okay.
0: Well, what's the first one that we're doing? Because some of these places, historically, I'm not a huge fan of, but then when I think about it, I think, when was the last time I had one of these donuts? Yeah. And the answer is about to be in about five minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this place was my reliable for a while because there was one really close to the Staples I worked at. So I would just pass it on the way to work. And I got very- uh, Sidecar donuts. So side donuts. I'm very rich, by the way. By the
0: way, not to put sidecar donuts down. Yeah. They have really good donuts, oh, yeah. but like, I personally am a- a mom and pop, like uh, the little places. I like to support independent
1: shops. Yeah, uh-huh. as long uh-huh. as they're Cambodian, I will be there. <laughs> yeah, sidecar donuts is delicious. They have the Eggs Benedict donut, which was You the keep draw. talking about that. It's very It good. sounds
0: so gross to me. No, Eggs but... Benedict is, I'm something of a patriot, so anything with the name Benedict in it. I, did I mention the Supreme
1: Court? <laughs> uh, this is a little too Denmark for me, or whatever. <laughs> um, it is very expensive. It was almost ludicrously expensive. It's
0: expensive, and it's kind of unfair that a donut
1: should be that expensive. Expensive at at any place, like it
0: literally is. Besides, like a French fry, donuts should be like the cheapest thing Mm -hmm. anyone pays for. I
1: absolutely agree. That's the thing with like we have a lot of like really good donut shops, like Donut Friend's. Another one, like oh, I like the taste of them, but I'm not going to spend like five dollars on a donut. Like I want the independent ones that are just like I just want that as cheap as I can get it.
0: And then there's the ones. Well, I'll get into it, but there's
1: yeah, we're in agreement. Yes, yes, (laughs) fine. One thing we everybody calm down. We're not fighting. (laughs) The humble beginnings of Yum Yum Donuts. Yum Yum. A solely California entity began in Cypress Park at 26 and Figaro in 1971 with a man named Philip C. Holland. And the very first Yum Yum Donuts ran out of a former Orange Julius shop, which is LA history eating LA history. Right, literally. Or drinking. Yeah. I remember the shack. Now I went to the original one yesterday oh really? and it's very they've redid it because they redid that whole complex so it's Harbor oh. Freight and like a wing stop next to it so it's very like modern and slick <laughs> the and heaven. The, the menu is like uh it digitized so it like this is continually rolling and stuff I don't like that like I don't like I, that I, either I
0: want it to be like a little place then. yeah
1: I, I want that too but also I, I keep thinking about I feel like I wrote this on all the postcards for the uh, hot dog on a stick but like I want it as a patron to look like it's miserable in there <laughs> but I'm sure the <laughs> as staff a as a yeah as a customer I want Want and make sure that no one's having a good time working. But like the donut, the hot dog on the stick shack on the boardwalk looked like it was misery yeah, to work sure. in there. So they're like, "Oh, we're going to be updating it to a." And that's a why facility. we lobbied
0: to have it demolished. demolished. We just care about the worker.
1: Yeah, but that's how I feel. Like I walked in there and it kind of just felt cold, like a dentist office. But right. good for all the workers that work there. Probably have like way better things now.
0: Well, they're dentists that work there now. <laughs> they make the best donut. Dentists, little known secret, they got the best candy.
1: It's vertical integration. They give you the cavities and they also yeah. fix them. <laughs>
0: and they also are By Crest.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Philip Holland was raised in LA, brought over from New York at the age of two, but I'm not really sure what neighborhood he grew up in. Holland had become interested in running a donor shop after knowing a friend who had run one, but it's also important to note that Holland had spent time in North Carolina working with a man named Vernon Rudolph, who was the founder of. Krispy Kreme Donuts, right. which was already well established by that point. Like it started like the 30s or something like that. Yeah,
0: like each of these stories kind of leads into the next like yeah. Donuts beget Donuts.
1: Show me how to do it? Okay, I'm going to start my own thing and then I'm going to show when he opened the first GMM Donuts, he found his main competitor in the form of Winchell's Donuts, which you're probably going to cover. Uh, which to me growing probably. up probably, Probably. You know I'm going to cover. Let's pull the curtain I want to back. make sure that people don't think that we know what each other are doing, okay? I don't want to like we have the discussion. Oh, you know a little about Winchell's Donuts? Tell me what you <laughs> randomly catch know about Winchell's Donut. Oh, you're gonna cover Terminator. Oh, we didn't just. You aren't covering Terminator. We can do. Oh, don't give me that. Okay, don't bring the old stuff up. All right. I have a bad memory, so don't come here <laughs> so like you forgot. You're COVID. You're, that's how bad you're. You're COVID. You're, you're COVID. Come on, my COVID is so bad. You're forgetting things. <laughs> like I was saying about Winchell's. Winchell's growing up. Winchell's was like the best game in town. Like there was a lot of Winchell's in, around me, and I would only ever want to go to Winchell's, which is a huge mistake on my part. And I was young and dumb.
0: Yeah, you're. That's that's you in a. That is you in a nutshell. You go to like the chain sort of me. I like, you know, me and Charles Phoenix, (laughs) we like going to the little places.
1: The slogan for yum, yum Donuts should be young, dumb, and full of yum. (laughs) <laughs> the, like how some
0: places have like, that place is like Red Barn Feed too. Right, It should be Yum and Yummer.
1: <laughs> I don't know why Philip Holland decided to call it Yum Yum, which has always to me been a weird thing. It's always been like the moons over my hammy. I was like, let's go to Yum Yum.
0: It's designs to humiliate you.
1: Yeah, for sure. As if saying like, take me to Donut Prince doesn't sound ridiculous too. <laughs>
0: Bring me to Jelly Time.
1: <laughs> but I found out there is a Yum Yum bake shop in Pennsylvania dating back to 1963 with the slogan King of Donuts. And I don't mm. know how popular they were at the time, but they have three active locations now also New Hampshire has a yum yum shop which deals in pastries including donuts that dates back to 1948 so yum yum was a name for baked goods store is it, more common like, than I like think like Tom's Tommy's yeah it must be something similar to that yeah uh, Holland founded yum yum with only five thousand dollars in a dream to create a specialty menu for donuts I'm not sure what the original menu looked like there really isn't a lot of information about yum yum online but I can say now that with absolute certainty that yum yum's menu now is extensive and reaches far beyond just donuts the donut menu alone is just too much to list here but I'll just you know it's a Normal variations. It's like cake, donuts, filled, maple bars, raised, yada, yada. They also have muffins, bagels, croissants, cinnamon buns, fritters, bear claws, sandwiches, which the sandwiches are really good there.
0: What if we were we're tasting all these donut shops? We got a croissant
1: from every single (laughs) one. A ham and cheese with light mayonnaise on (laughs) croissant bread from every little shop in the valley. They have a huge drink menu of the coffee variety and juices, along with the one I went to had respados at Guava Respado yesterday, which was like exactly what I wanted. They had uh, tortas as well, which they just started sounding too? Every single donut shop, like we were
0: saying, it's like an, a New York Bode. Like you yeah. can get anything mm-hmm. at this point. Like,
1: oh, I, I need, do you make a uh, Peking duck?
0: Or, <laughs> yeah, of course we do.
1: Can I get a, an apple fritter and then pho? It is weird because if it was a sandwich shop, I wouldn't assume that they had donuts, but a donut shop, I automatically assume that they will make me a sandwich as well.
0: It's like your one-stop shop. Yeah, like, I, I can't express enough how much I love donut shops. Yeah, same here.
1: Yeah, That's the thing is like the more extravagant the donut shop, the less I'd like it because it's not yes. like the original like you.
0: Can- you can't go to sidecar donuts yeah. and be
1: like can i, I get a tuna
0: yeah <laughs> do you sell phone cards <laughs> the, that I could call Bolivia with?
1: Oh, well, Sidecar makes their own cigarettes now. They only sell Sidecar cigarettes, which is a great name for a cigarette company. They're vegan. The, they're all... Do you want the Benedict <laughs> cigarettes? <laughs> yeah, so like I'm saying, like Yum Yum's is the popular version of a small mom pop donut shop that offered like bagel and croissant sandwiches and natural fruit juices. Like the little ones do that, but so does Yum Yum as opposed to right. like the bigger chain, like Randy's is not yeah. also do that.
0: And that's their slogan. And so does Yum Yum.
1: And so does also Yum Yum. By 1973, the shop had become such a hit that Holland was able to open two more locations for Yum Yum Donuts. And soon, Philip Holland was joined by a partner in the business, Hawaii born Frank Watasi. I read that Frank sold his half of Yum Yum Donuts to Frank for $250, but it makes more sense that it was maybe (laughs) $2,500.
0: Still doesn't make sense.
1: Kind of not, but also $250 (laughs) makes less sense. I don't know how they met, but Frank loved Philip's enthusiasm and passion, and they worked exceedingly well together. The Yum Yum Donuts philosophy reads like most mission statements for any eatery. Like, we serve only the freshest, most delicious donuts (laughs) and coffee in stores that are fast and friendly, but it's true. Like
0: We can sum up our mission in two words,
1: yum. Yum. <laughs> I believe in this location. But truly, there was a level of professionalism that resulted in like customer royalty. Like, it's the kind of thing, too. Like, oh, I go to Yum Yum. I go to Yum Yum every day. Why would I go to like, a Winchell's? I mean, Yum Yum is just the closest thing. I think that that's part of the thing, too. People yeah, just like, oh, I just like Yum Yum. I'm, more. A yum, yum I'm a Yum Yum guy. I'm a Yum Yum guy. I'm not a Winchell's guy. I'm a Yum Yum guy. Holland and Watasi went on to open over 100 stores, as well as a bakery, mix plant, and a distribution company named Quality Natural Foods Incorporated in the Save industry, which they opened in 1981. They continued to expand through the 80s and became a high competitor to Winchell's. In 1989, founder Philip Holland decides to leave the donut game and sells his share of the company to Frank Watasi, who becomes the sole owner of Yum Yum Donuts. Under Watasi's leadership, Yum Yum truly exceeds the market. Mine, mine it kind of makes sense I'm imagining it's the emperor walking in to seize control of the senate <laughs> mine mine and everyone's just covering their mouth all these aliens Jar Jar Binks covers his mouth
0: <laughs> he covers his giant floppy ears <laughs> where's his sit? No. No, his sitcom
1: yeah where's why? his it, why not why not give him a WandaVision you know type show enough with the
0: movies of Star Wars enough with the shows of Star Wars Jar Jar Binks <laughs> needs a podcast <laughs>
1: a canonical podcast where everything he says in the podcast it's infallible
0: the Jar Jar experience and boy does he have some hot takes Misa anti-vaccine
1: <laughs> he's problematic but he brings up a lot of good points he's hearing from both sides <laughs> he has the emperor on he has the emperor on one side he has Darth Sidious on the other side <laughs> he's listening to both sides anyways under Watasi's leadership Yum truly exceeds the market in round foods in We're, 19 uh, all of them bagels, bagels Greg Greg Greg. bagels <laughs> Greg bagels perfect pancakes perfectly round pancakes um (laughs) crustables Greg Greg, what about in 1998 Watasi purchased the company East Coast Bagels hmm? and by this point has 70 running (laughs) Yum Yum Donut shops in California the business is going so well that in 2004 he's able to acquire Winchell's Donuts which is a David and Goliath story where I'm also kind of rooting for Goliath I want them both to win (laughs) so any Winchell's Donuts you've seen in the last 18 years has actually been owned and operated by Yum Yum Donuts under the guise that oh we're different we're different yeah
0: I kind of hate that when companies do like yeah it's, I don't what is it like I don't drive a Toyota I drive a Lexus right right
1: because I grew up on a yacht by this point Frank's son Lincoln had taken over as the president of the company and Frank retired he, he just passed two years ago he passed in 2020 oh, really? a lot of information that was super helpful came from his obituary which I hate it but also I got a lot of information yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like there's after, been a lot of obituaries there lately. There's a to, lot of it, information it, in mind. the obituary industry is doing pretty good right now uh, it seems like after he left yum, yum donuts Philip Holland went into real estate development and was deeply affected by the 1992 uprising here in Los Angeles and he saw himself at this point as the experienced entrepreneur because of Yum Yum Donuts and seeing how the rebuild LA efforts after the riots were tied up in so much bureaucracy he began teaching classes I think either in Compton or at least advertised there in Compton. That's what
0: I I, I saw that. I, I took this class uh, in 1992. This is, LA is
1: my own business. I got from <laughs> but he We're actually owned by Yum Yum also. <laughs> and all the donuts that we say are from different donut places are I'm actually yum. all Yum Yum. This one's really good. Yeah. <laughs> so he started teaching classes on starting your own business which grew into his venture My Own Business Institute or MOBI or M- Mobi. Uh, non- is that
0: what Eminem was
1: rapping about? <laughs> are they going to be stumped by Obi? Uh, Mobi is a nonprofit providing a free internet-based course to help people start successful businesses, and he's a pretty successful real estate developer as well. And Did you
0: mention that all these classes are free?
1: Yeah, they're all free. They're all online. They're- it's
0: kind of a great yeah. thing that this guy does. Like he, he's like doing what the city should be doing, oh, yeah, and like absolutely. offering the information and know-how to help
1: people who need it. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind Starting of great. Starting your own business can be so complicated. Why should you pay to learn how to yeah. do it? Right. You should be able to do it free. Uh, I, yeah. yeah.
0: I'm going to sink my life savings into learning how to lose my life savings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: I'm going to split my life savings in two. And it's going to be $14. <laughs> uh, in 2014, Philip and his wife Peggy donated $10 million to Santa Clara Institute School of Business to expand and improve their free course and to create the Moby and other related fellows programs. So and from, you can do this all online yeah, now, I think. I think it's all, I think it started initially. Well, I don't know if it started online, it's but it's the but I think, first website. <laughs> but I think now it's like solely online. So from Donuts brings entrepreneurship and philanthropy. So check that out. Okay. Historically, I am not a fan of Yum Yum, yeah. but
0: that guy seems like a very good guy. Yeah,
1: both the guys seem like really cool guys. No, not Watasi. Uh, Yum Yum Donuts has long been a secret heavy hater in the donut world. A reliable and surprisingly interesting eatery with a menu that reaches far beyond donuts, but what's important is they also sell donuts.
0: <laughs> but what's important is we have them right
1: here. <laughs> I, I like to go into Yum Yums because they I love cold carrot juice,
0: freshly squeezed <laughs> carrot juice. There's nothing better with your donut than some cold carrot juice. I
1: love carrot juice. It's so creamy and oh, Ew. it's so good. I, when it's hot, it's gross. It tastes like hot vomit, but when it's cold, it's really good. But It yeah, tastes that, like cold vomit, <laughs> which I can swallow. But yeah, no. So I was going to Yum Yum's quite frequently for a while and I had no problems with it.
0: I haven't had to. Okay, so I'm the one who picked up the Yum Yum today. Let me just say that the bag that the Yum Yum came in, yeah. we'll post this on our Instagram, which yes. you should all follow. Yeah. Uh, LA yeah. underscore meekly. Yeah. You know, we're sensations online. You know, <laughs> uh, on our TikTok, at LA Meekly you know we're viral we're hits you know we're kind of the next uh logan paul yeah is
1: that what the movie logan's about yeah logan logan is about logan paul
0: Uh, i got a maple bar it was like a dollar 59 Mm -hmm. so let's taste our first donut here Here. let's see if i Uh, like
1: yum yum donuts
0: I can smell. It smells really mapley. That, that's another thing. I might have a skewed opinion because yeah. I don't know if I can taste. do not taste like anything. That's not bad. I, I bad. don't have a problem with that, yeah. really.
1: The maple is very buttery.
0: I'm not going to finish the whole thing right after the show's oh. over. I'm not going to finish the whole thing like you were trying to do without people seeing, but I'm going to tell everyone. Greg ate
1: all of it. Here, I'll hold the rest of your donut for you over here on this plate. <laughs> that's not bad. I don't know why yeah. I had a thing
0: about against Yum Yum, but that's not bad, actually. Yeah. Okay, so Yum Yum's pretty good.
1: You should have your sandwiches. And scratches.
0: And now we're going to scratch $50 <laughs> worth. Those scratchers. Okay, so yum yum is a win. I liked how fr- it was very firm. Mm-hmm. I like a cakey or sort of donut. Yeah, so I I did. I had no problem with that. No. That was pretty good. The frosting was good. We should go get more. You're right. Can you put this maple frosting on your sandwiches? <laughs> uh, could I get a maple tuna sandwich? Uh, so now my first one. We're going to go one that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Every other donut shop in the area is closed. I guess we're going to Winchell's. Damn right we
1: are. (laughs) How experimental are you when you're getting donuts? Do you always get, like, I get all reliable. Like, I just get what I always get. Unless I'm with you or Ada, will I, like,
0: ooh, the bacon covered. (laughs) You know I don't eat bacon. I get the matzo ball covered. (laughs) I tend to, like I said, tend to lean towards the cakey ones. But, like, I can't resist, like, a chocolate bar or anything really chocolatey. But I do like to try, like, I think crumb donuts are really underrated. I think powdered donuts are really underrated. Mm -hmm. But like jelly donuts are really hit or miss. But when they hit, oh baby, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, dude. oh I don't, mama. I don't stray from Taking care of business. Coming it's, to theaters, it's strawberry. Just, it's just called Elvis, actually.
1: I think I know what movie you're watching this week. <laughs> I feel like I figured it out.
0: The Tom Hanks Colonel movie coming <laughs> to theaters. Because here's the thing, like if I'm really gonna push it, I'm gonna get two donuts at a right. place. But like if I'm going to get donuts, oh, well, you're
1: being polite, so were you lying on air, so people don't think that you buy two donuts every time you go? As I have like rings of donuts on my arm, Greg <laughs> don't. It. Don't I just them. watched Shang Chi, so it seemed pretty cool to put donuts on it. Because honestly,
0: like after I eat two donuts, I feel sick in one sitting. Like, give me an hour, and I'll have another one. <laughs> By the time I'm like, okay, I gotta get a cake one, and I gotta get a chocolate one. Yeah. Like, it's like I'm not gonna get a third experimental yeah. one. And then if I like sacrifice one of my go tos, I feel like I'm not satisfied. And then I do have to eat three
1: donuts. <laughs> if I get an experimental one, like the the big specialty ones, it can only get one.
0: Or like a cronut sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, and, and also it's like $4 for the Krona yeah. and for that same price, I could get four things I like. Right, yeah,
1: that reliable. I, mean,
0: I tried to mix it up like with the cake ones, what's yeah. on top of it. Like right. that's kind of as far as I go okay. sadly. Uh, and they're all basically the same thing, but I love it. Yeah. Uh,
1: so let's let's talk about Winchell's. Please. I know nothing about the history of Winchell's. Let's first talk about the man behind the Winchell. Okay. There's a man behind the Winchell's right now and he uh, he keeps trying to get me to get closer to him. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the Winchell's. It's, it's just the, the figure from Mulholland Drive. He you no, know, attention the to The crow head. person. Yeah, the crow person. So
0: uh, Vern H. Winchell. Vern. Vern. His last name's Winchell. Okay. Yeah. Wait. I don't see the connection. Was your guy's last name Yum Yum? No, I wasn't <laughs> paying attention. That's his uh, his Ellis Island name. <laughs> his Yuminski, but they changed it to Yum Yum. People will like you more. Yeah, you're, you're going to get a job faster. So Vern H. Winchell was born October 30th, 1915 in Bloomington, Illinois, and moved to LA at age nine and ended up at Alhambra High School before Whoa. going to Pasadena City College as a business major. Not born here, but locally raised guy, Eastern region sort right. of guy.
1: which I feel like has a big donut scene too. I don't this really know. This whole
0: story is so crazy of how eastern reaches like uh, I think Laverne uh, might be involved like all you know like Pomona like that whole area is like so Donaty like yeah. the Puente obviously and it's it's so weird that the, this whole story kind of happens over there because that whole area is boring. It's <laughs> so cool. It is pretty cool. It's it's cool and under covered. Yeah. Think.
1: I don't feel like people think of that way of the San Fernando Valley anymore. I think there's a lot of SFV pride but yeah. I feel like San Gabriel Valley people are still like don't tell them Don't bring us up yet. We're not ready. Okay,
0: we'll let him know that we have good Chinese food, but don't let him go further.
1: Yeah, don't let him see how nice Santa Anita racetrack is.
0: (laughs) Especially when the horses die.
1: Uh, Don't tell him about the 40s either.
0: So after college, he ended up working at General Motors before he tried to put his business and now car sense to use and opened up a used car lot called Winchell Motors. The world could have been so different. Very different.
1: And then he stacked up a bunch of tires on the table one day. He's like, I got an idea.
0: One day, he huffed too much money motor oil (laughs) and he saw a tire and thought, hmm... I'm going to need to go to the hospital. Yeah,
1: there's something wrong with my chest.
0: (laughs) So when that failed, Winchell Motors, he opened up a jukebox store called Winchell Music.
1: Oh, another alternate reality. Circling the the drain right now.
0: The multiverse of Winchell.
1: My favorite MCU movie. Uh,
0: And then when that failed, he was planning to open up a drive-in hamburger place, which I can only imagine what that might have been called. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Bergcholls. But unfortunately that failed because before he could even open it up, someone else opened up, a hamburger place across the street from the building he had bought to open Mm. it in at Lots Tunis Drive and Hart Avenue in Temple City right by the teapot where we filmed (gasps) our world famous TikTok at so now with his hamburger plans gone kablooey he had to do something with this building and that's when the romantic backstory of Winchell's came to be when he found out about the massive profit margin on donuts and coffee and an institution was born
1: (laughs) it's kind of like I was surprised to find out that you can do really well owning a laundromat finding out that there's (laughs) loot it could be lucrative to right. sell donuts and coffees like yeah
0: <laughs> like we were saying donuts should be the cheapest thing in the world yeah. so like it probably cost maybe 15 cents to make a donut yeah and
1: you can sell a dozen for like what, $10 $100 like, $400, $400 I
0: mean it's Sidecar Sidecar Donuts
1: literally you leave your car leave your keys and you can take a dozen donuts
0: the car is now on their side <laughs> because you had
1: to give it to them legally it's on their side <laughs> uh,
0: so he decided to turn this place into a donut shop and on October 8th 1948 Winchell's Donut House was born Donuts were five cents and coffee was 10 cents, which is another thing. Like the profit margin on coffee, like don't charge me more than the donut. Like
1: coffee, if anything
0: is cheaper than a donut, it's probably coffee. There should be equal amounts. It had big glass walls so you could watch the donuts being made while you sat in your car. I know a perfect, I I don't need a theme park. I just need a donut shop with glass I just need a seat in front of that window. (laughs) The place was such a hit that in 1949, Winchell decided to open up a second location in Huntington Park and then a third in Southgate. And as Winchell himself put it, they didn't do so good. Oh, no. But they did good enough because once the swinging 50s got going, he was opening up two or three new locations a year of Winchell's Donut House. Wow, okay. Again, a very eastern regions of L.A. County. Yeah. In 1953, to make the process smoother for his growing donut empire, he opened up Winchell's headquarters in Alhambra, where they would prepare the donut mix to be sent to all the different locations where they could turn it into batter and fry it up there. He was really smart about all this and he did something I always admired and someone and used data to his advantage
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like Moneyball,
0: money donut holes <laughs> he saw that 70% of all their donut sales were happening before noon meaning it was mostly people grabbing a donut and coffee on their way to work right. so to capitalize on that he made sure that new locations were located on sides of the street that got the most morning rush hour Whoa. traffic so people could easily pull in and grab th- yeah. something and I went through all the locations I know of in my head and that's still true wow. like the one uh, did you go to the one in Encino, or
1: I went to the one in Tarzana? Yeah, that one
0: is on the right, right side, and it's when you're going towards, towards the, freeway. the freeway. Yeah, it's, it's true. So it, weird to think yeah. about. Um, that's cool. That's Moneyball, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a Derek Jeter location. I can use a insert name of baseball. Yeah, but I can use a the one reference I know of baseball. I know too, Mike Piazza and uh, the. The, okay, I know three. <laughs> the expensive baseball card from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Morty Slappy or whatever his name is. Uh, by the 60s, things were going so well that he started franchising stores out and was opening 30 to 40 new Whoa. locations a year. Uh, he had to open up a bigger headquarters in South Almonte, again, wow. Eastern LA County yeah. in 1963. But up to this point, this had been almost exclusively an LA story. And Northeast LA, like we were saying, which is very refreshing to yeah. see, But then in 1964, he branched out into the Pacific Northwest and also launched the biggest thing since the Beatles on Ed Sullivan that year— Apple fritters. Oh, they came to Winchell's. They,
1: okay, came to He didn't invent them.
0: Trust me, I looked at immediately when I oh, saw I that. Bet. I was like, I've got the scoop in no. the century. Stop the presses. <laughs> we have an alley LA pastry. Allie <laughs> LA has a daddy pastry now. But he, they just introduced apple fritters, which I guess I probably, well, you, you picked up the Winchell's. You I should did. have gotten an apple fritter. I
1: should have gotten an apple fritter, but you know what? She was busy. They had a no- now hiring on a thing, and there's a line of people, this arms crossed. So I'm not going to go be like, hmm. can you fry up the hardest thing to make for me? What do you already have in a bag? This is when the L.A. history fan fiction came to
0: life and the Winchell's Donut Company in 1968 was bought by fellow L.A. breakout chain Denny's. Oh, really? Denny's owned Winchell's for a while. At the time of the merger, there were 255 Winchell's locations, but in this new day of Winchell's Denny's, the company... Bought out all the franchises in 1971 and consolidated power and control, much like the Emperor did with Jar Jar Binks. Senator Binks, sorry. <laughs> Senator
1: Binks, yeah. And he'll
0: talk about it on the Bink
1: experience. Bink and he'll miss it. That's the name of the show. <laughs> Jar
0: Jar, don't tell me. Then in 1972, Vern Winchell himself became CEO of this entire conglomerate and was now in charge of both Winchell's and Denny's. Damn. Under his watch, he grew Denny's massively and set it on the course to what it is today. Not good.
1: Um, A place where drunk teenagers will. Hang out at 3 in the morning?
0: He came up with the greatest pun of all time. Moon's
1: over my <laughs> Say it. Don't point it at the menu. Say it. Legally, you need to say it if we want you want. You
0: can't make it. It's unless like, you say it. It's like Tinkerbell coming back <laughs> to life. It doesn't exist unless you say it in front of your date. <laughs> but he also, in this time, he accelerated winchels into the stratosphere. Right. During the 70s, he grew winchels to over 1,000 locations with some as far away as Japan, Spain, Holland, Korea, and the Philippines. They even had to move again to an even bigger headquarters in exotic La Mirada. Having done his job, Vern Winchell rode off into the warm frying oil and retired in 1980 and spent his days, speaking of Santa Anita, breeding and racing over 60 horses and living in San Marino. He had horses named Mr. America, Ancient Mariner, uh, he must have been a fan of Waterworld, Olympio, Ronnie's Baby, who was raised by Ronald Reagan and bought from Desi Arnaz. What?
1: <laughs> that threw me for a loop there. Sorry. So now
0: whenever people ask you to do the five degrees between Vern Winchell and Ronald Reagan, <laughs> we, you know now. Um, and Donut King, which was also his nickname. That was one of his horses. Oh, cool. Three of his horses raced in the Kentucky Derby. Wow. Classic Go-Go, Sea Cadet, and Valiant Nature. None mm. of them won. All great names, though. Sea Cadet? And for not winning, they got turned into apple fritters. <laughs> Vern Winchell himself went into the Big Glue factory in the sky on November 27th, to. 2002, But back to his donut shops. Yep. We're back to 1980. All of this acceleration seemed good at the time. But around this time, a lot of competition started to arise, part of which we'll all get into later. And all of a sudden, Winchell started losing their grip on the L.A. donut scene in the 80s. Stores started closing and the company had to bring back their franchise program to cope with the newfound losses. They blamed the new proliferation of mom and pop places for their loss of customers, which we're going to do later. But also, apparently, Denny's was taking all the profit it's Winchell's was making Whoa. and spending it on Denny's location. So Winchell's locations were starting to look old and run down and they weren't getting any advertising, right. which I like, but that's not good for business. Yeah. I'm
1: told. <laughs> I took this online course and apparently it's oh, yeah. not good.
0: A donut
1: is an advertisement for Winchell's.
0: The bag that says your logo that is in the gutter yeah, outside is your advertisement. Oh, I should get some
1: donuts. I see it in the trash. You're right.
0: I haven't had a donut lately. Thank you, gutter. <laughs> this unholy union between Denny's and Winchell's broke off in December 1986. But things just got worse from there. To keep up with the donut scene around, then they started doing crazy new gimmicks like bear claws and cinnamon rolls. They also made a deal to have their donuts sold in 600 7-Elevens around L.A., but even so, they were losing a ton of money and even more of their stores were closing. By this time, they had shrunk to 742 locations, but even with that shrinkage, they were the second biggest donut chain in the United States behind Dunkin'. Oh, right, Dunkin'. And by far the largest on the West Coast with 466 locations in L.A. alone.
1: Yeah, because we didn't get a Dunkin' till
0: recently, right? We'll kind of get into the- That they've attempted invasions uh, multiple times in the past. Then in 1989, they sold 263 of their locations off to Pizza Hut, and were then bought by Vancouver-based Chateau Holdings, who was all about Winchell's offering more than just donuts and coffees. They wanted to add sandwiches, so they would appeal to more than just the morning rush people. That's why that seems to be why donut shops offer that is because like outside of the morning and late at night, like no one's really right. There's a big gap in the middle. So like, all right, we're gonna offer every meal that you need, <laughs> and scratchers. In October 1989, they opened up a concept test store called Winchell's and More that Whoa. offered sandwiches, salads, and frozen yogurts, and it was a total failure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> On top of that, Shadow moved their headquarters to Northern California, where they started shipping frozen pre-made donut dough to all their stores, which is a huge step down in their yeah. quality. They were just bleeding money, and their next strategy in 1992 was to give their store managers more freedom to customize their particular locations, and also, they started selling their donuts frozen to buy in stores, and you could take it home and warm oh, okay, up yourself, which sure. actually worked for a few years, and then it didn't. Oh, boy. Uh, and then in 1997, they started Winchell's Express, which was just a Winchell's donut counter inside of other stores, like inside of a Subway.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. They don't have the room.
0: Could I get a donut on my tuna sandwich? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I'll get this, this, and this. Sir, that doesn't... I want this. I want. I this. want it my way. Or I'm going to say some mean rumors I've heard about your mascot. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was. They started offering also bagels and different shaped donuts for the holidays. But then they realized, let's just get back to basics. Right. Who are we kidding? What they had always done best was donuts and coffee. So they decided to just focus on those two simple things. They started marketing their coffee as just as good as Starbucks, but way cheaper, which I'm sure it's it's fine. In 1999, they started their warm and fresh guarantee that if your donut wasn't warm and Fresh between six to nine a.m. It was free with a light-up sign, a la Krispy Kreme, announcing that we got fresh donuts here.
1: Was yours warm and fresh? I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean it, the the bag was wet, so it must have been a warm and fresh. Oh,
0: that's their that's their wet and sloppy <laughs> guarantee between nine and uh, seven at night. <laughs> wet and sloppy. Uh, and if it's not wet and sloppy, we'll slop it <laughs> for you. <laughs> you get slopped for free. They slime you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, none of this worked. None of these back to basics worked because so their sales kept dropping. So then it was back to the oh gimmicks for them. They opened up a place called Winch world in Pomona, where you could go inside and watch the donuts being made factory line style, like in a Krispy Kreme. No singing. No rhythm's gotten here. That failed by the year 2000. Then they were thrown a life preserver from their old enemy, Yum Yum Donuts, hey. who bought them in 2004, like you said. There were only about 200 locations left when they bought them, and that's kind of where they stand now. There's about 170 locations left in six states, and also Guam and Saipan. It's mostly a western U.S. thing. They're right. they're the West Coast biggest donut chain, uh, most of the locations being branches in Southern California. They offer over 70 kinds of baked goods, yeah. over 30 of those being donuts, and they are open 24 hours. But no matter what the future holds for Winchell's Donuts, rest assured that they're Headquarters is right back where it belongs in the city of industry in <laughs> eastern LA County. So let's eat, uh, let's eat Winchells now. Okay. You got the Winchells. What did you get us here from Winchells? There's a maple bar. Oh, there's it's a th-
1: maple bar and there's also the chocolate rays with nuts.
0: Oh, baby. I, I'm very excited. Okay. Let's, let's compare the maple bar. It doesn't, the maple bar doesn't smell as maply as
1: the yum yum. The yum yum seemed like very factory made. It was very straight when you cut it. It was like a straight it line, did. but like this one's a little crumbly at the it bottom is. and bent. Uh, it
0: looks spongier oh it's way
1: spongier the bottom's not as firm this cracking. might be the
0: covid talking but i can't breathe <laughs> it doesn't taste as mapley as the other one no does it? the other one's very buttery yeah that one's not as good i dare say as i finish all of it <laughs> let's try this chocolate raised now smells nutty it smells pretty good very spongy looking oh yeah mm. i don't taste much chocolate you're wrong for liking
1: it no I'm, I'm getting a lot of chocolate with nuts
0: i taste a lot of nuts
1: mm. i uh, won't
0: what do you what? What's, what's funny? so funny? What's so funny that I have a mouthful of nuts right now? Greg?
1: <laughs> I'm tasting a lot of innuendo right now. <laughs> this might be the COVID talking, but this
0: tastes like burnt innuendo. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I don't think Winchell's is very good. That's heartbreaking, but yeah, it's not as good as the Yum Yum was. Yum Yum is better. A lot sadder in a Winchell's too,
0: because all the happiness funds went to Denny's at the Winchell's. So not a fan of the Winchell's still. I maintain my previous stance that I do not like Winchell's. But boy, did I love listening to that history, and uh-huh. so did all of you. That is not. That's not a great donut. It, sorry no. to say. And we were so close to being sponsored by Winchell's, but it was Winchell's jukebox store.
1: <laughs> Winchell's Automotive Repair.
0: Winchell's Dialysis Center.
1: Yeah, it wasn't as good as Yum Yum, but I also um ate all of it. But
0: I am hungry, so <laughs> it has that going for it. Okay, so you're... Now we're doing... Oh my God, Greg, I just watched Jurassic World Dominion. I think I know what this is. Nobody move. Yeah,
1: nobody move. I have to put my hand up to it passionately.
0: It's okay. I raised this one from a child. I raised that water bottle you're drinking from just a little shot glass.
1: It won't harm me. It won't harm me. It actually might end up protecting me based I, on a trailer Greg saw.
0: So yeah, this next one is a big deal. Big pick donut. Big
1: pick donut. We're here today to talk about
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are gathered here today to talk about one thing.
1: Uh-oh, Randy's! Both culturally and literally a big donut. <laughs> and it was a big a, a donut. A big donut. This is more than just a big donut. It's the big donut. Inglewood's own Randy's donut. Randy.
0: I love the donut Randy Vern Winchell. Like these are yeah. such like tractor
1: names. <laughs> Holland. <laughs> Yum yum <laughs> If you're unfamiliar With Randy's Donuts Which I cannot believe It's the small Little gooey donut shop With a big old Donut on it. Would you its call roof. it Googie I think uh, I thought
0: it was It's it's, it's definitely Quote unquote Programmatic I, I wouldn't say It's necessarily Okay maybe not Googie,
1: googie. Maybe Mimetic think-
0: Did you mean to See mimetic <laughs> Ah my boy Did you mean mimetic
1: <laughs> Maybe you're right I think Because it's a low It's low And the roof I yeah, believe yeah, Other I can, than like a big Donut on it The roof is flat Because it's, it's Sinking down <laughs> In the it way the, the support.
0: It's like a, The thing in front of Thirty Rock, the, <laughs> the guy, whoever it is, Sisyphus or whoever, but it's a big donut. The big donut. Okay. We talked about again with Charles Phoenix. Yeah. What is more iconic than Randy's donut? It was parodied on the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Like it's so iconic.
1: Yeah. I paid for a colossal donut and I'm going to get a colossal donut. It's, it's one of the most iconic eat my shorts. That's about Randy's <laughs> oh, Yes. Don't. Eat my shorts. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yes. Um, Would you eat
0: my shorts, <laughs> Randy? That's the Irish dub of the Simpsons.
1: Would you eat my britches? So they have to, they have to change uh, Willie's voice too. It can't be Scottish. <laughs> you got to be English. You got to be American. God, it, it just sounds like, uh, like uh, Hank Hill. Mary the cable guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. They, they, it's one of of the most iconic things. Period. Of honest. the most iconic, yeah, things. Period. Of the iconic Southern California things, it definitely is the most fun. Yeah, yeah. Next to like the Hollywood sign, which is like kind of fun. Well, it's just, yeah. It's, it's, it's just. I can the, read that. Those are big letters. Yeah, <laughs> I can. Those are that's a word. Randy's Donuts is the one that always like you know Union Station, City Hall, uh, <laughs> Randy's, <laughs> you know, Randy's Donuts, <laughs> uh, the
0: bathroom at the Hollywood Bowl,
1: Randy's, Donuts. Randy's big old donut, the police station, the.
0: Showers <laughs> at the LA Fitness.
1: This all starts with a man named Russell C. Wendell, which is another donut guy name. Where's the Randy? We'll get to Randy. Okay. Russell C. Wendell is also the man credited with opening Pup and Taco in 1956. Really? Wow. Same guy. I couldn't find too much about Russell Wendell other than he was a, a salesman of donut machines who decided to go into the do- donut business. Wait a minute. Himself.
0: I'm the donut machine. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't need machines. I could be the machine. <laughs> he like burst through his shirt. <laughs> well, so in 1951, well into the programmatic. Fun, eye-catching. Ah, mimetic, my boy. Mimetic, mimet-, mimet, mimet, mim. <laughs> Johnny mnemonic. Johnny mnemonic. <laughs> Russell Wendell opened his big donut drive-in chain, which we talked about. what Charles Phoenix mentioned to us. <laughs> Which can't get it is sponsored by Charles Phoenix. This episode, <laughs> drive-in chain is really confusing because, like, I thought, like, why is a drive-in movie theater donut themed? But that's a, they meant drive-throughs, but drive-throughs weren't really a thing yet. It happened in San Diego like the same year, I think. Uh, so he was getting there. Uh, so instead of a dine-in restaurant, uh, this would be a drive-in shack. More accurately, drive-up shack, which is also confusing.
0: What's up, shack?
1: A lot, actually. The first big donut Wendell opened was in Westmont, just east of Inglewood, 1003 South Normandy Avenue at the corner of Century Boulevard. To design this one and subsequent shacks, Wendell went to architect Harry J. Goodwin, possibly along with structural engineer Richard Bradshaw, who had his hands in on the LAX theme building to create the iconic look of a humble little mid-century shack with a big donut perched up top. The donut itself is 45 feet tall. Oh, yeah. 32 feet across weighing in at 15,000 pounds and you got to eat all of it. Now
0: say say it like a
1: a wrestling announcer. Weighing in. Weighing in, uh, 45 feet tall and 32 feet across weighing in at 15,000 pounds. you got to eat it all. Randy's Big Donut. And in this corner, uh, Joe Lewis.
0: Regular old Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis wins. The very human,
1: (laughs) not a donut, Joe Lewis. Uh, Whose body looks like he maybe ate too many. Any donuts, probably not. (laughs) The donut itself is made of steel and cement. And Bradshaw oh, used, oh boom, maple wow. steel <laughs> Uh cement with sprinkles on it Bradshaw used rolled steel bars to create the round shape and covered them with a concrete blend of sand cement and water applied with using a high pressure hose and painted a nice golden brown to tantalize drivers his first one in Westmont had a big donut on it
0: right because I've seen several in so the South Bay sort of area yeah of, uh, South LA like there's a lot of
1: remaining large
0: not as big but there's remaining large donuts around yeah
1: and you see it and you're like I see it's sort of like the X Factor. Like, there was a lot of comedians in in the 80s, but Eddie Murphy was the one that took the cake because he had the thing.
0: There's a lot of uh donut shacks with rolled up jacket sleeves wearing
1: <laughs> sneakers and a suit.
0: It's like the uh Muffler Man, but it's oh, like
1: right. an 80s comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay doesn't look far off from the Muffler Man. <laughs> Except he's holding a sexist joke. <laughs> the shack must have been a success because in 1953, Wendell built another shack with the same design in Inglewood at 805 West Manchester Boulevard, corner of Manchester and La Cienega. That's the one now. That's the that's so our, This was the second one. This, that's our big. donut. Uh, that's our big donut. Our big donut is the second location of okay. uh, the Big Donuts. Eight more Big Donuts would follow. In total, there'd be ten locations of Big Donuts in the sky between 1950 and 1960. Couldn't even get to a dozen. I ate the first two in the car. Sorry, <laughs> it's a bring donut to work situation. <laughs> they come in
0: tens. Yeah.
1: Oh uh, yeah, the way the way that you could buy them at the place I went to. Yeah, uh, they only did it today, so I don't call and ask them about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. And <laughs> their they, phones
0: are broken. That, <laughs> the, the other donuts fell on the phone.
1: Well, a bear claw fell on it and you can't <laughs> pick it up, so... <laughs>
0: They're waiting for the wildlife uh, <laughs> department to come take this bear claw
1: out. After the Inglewood donut, there'd be donuts in Gardena, Culver City, Compton, North Hollywood, another one in Inglewood on Imperial, Balflower, Van Nuys, and a Reseda at 7209 Reseda Boulevard along Sherman Way. Really? Now a 76 station, yeah. Through the ages, though, six would be demolished and four would remain with different names added to donuts. The original Westmont donut is now a Kindles Donuts. the... Gardino donut is now donut king number two. Yeah, that's the one I've seen. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you've brought that up before. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the, the, had the a pretender dream. to the throne. Yeah, man. I had a dream that you brought it up. <laughs> Compton's donut is Dale's. Dale came kid. to me in a dream and he told me about <laughs> the donut he ate. Not far off from Twin Peaks, donuts <laughs> included.
0: Dale's. And he was speaking backwards <laughs> like he does when he talks about when after he's eaten donuts. His eyes start
1: blinking weird. You think it's some sort of message, but he it's does actually...
0: His, he does his backwards donut dance,
1: <laughs> which uh, it might be a symptom of diabetes. I haven't really looked into it Compton's donut is Dale's donut and the bellflower donut got converted to bellflower bagels bagels the really uh, yeah bagels the ugly cousin of donuts yes okay
0: okay that's anti-Semitic. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny to like go to a donut, like go up to a bagel place with the and there's just like cream cheese sticking out the side.
1: <laughs> That's either bacon strips or.
0: Bacon. You can really smell the locks <laughs> on this. That's what I, I think that that Randy's Donut should emit like donut smell out yeah. of it, oh. like a like an air freshener. Yeah, and it kills so much of the ozone. And then
1: sometimes they give you a piece of it.
0: <laughs> Every hundred donuts you buy with a punch card, you get to bite <laughs> into that cement. <laughs> they put a big ladder up. And then you get to go to the dentists who work at Yum Yum, (laughs) as we've established.
1: The Ingwood Manchester donut, the second location, would be bought in the 70s by a man named Robert Eskow and would be named after his son... Randy.
0: Okay. Because he didn't want Randy to name it S-Cow. Yeah,
1: he did not want to name it after himself. This would become Randy's Donuts and Sandwiches. How so, old
0: was his son? Was his son like a little boy? And he's like, Hey, yeah. look at this.
1: My name's on something. My, my name, name is, is. I own the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> today I am a man. <laughs> today I fire my father. Yesterday I was a cub paw, but today I'm a bear claw. <laughs> so if there are still five surviving locations with a big donut, why is only one of them iconic? Yeah. Well a particularly weird and awful thing began construction in 1957 and by 1964 would be complete and that would be the Interstate 405. And as it happens, the 405 right. freeway would be the one of the freeways that run near LAX and Randy's is only nine right. minutes away and if you're and you stuck, can see it from the freeway. You could see it from the... <laughs> and stuck in traffic, either departing or arriving from LAX, you would get a glimpse. Of you can see it on of the freeway. <laughs> uh, you want to read this? Do you want to read this? Uh, Good luck. <laughs> it's in my
0: uh my cipher, my trademark cipher.
1: And stuck in traffic, either departing or arriving, would you would get a glimpse of a big donut in the sky. One right. of the most effective billboards, along my, with a Hollywood My favorite
0: sign. Uh, song by it's not T Rex. Who, who does Spirit in the Sky? Jeez, who does Spirit? Bauhaus does a cover, but it's, who does the original? Uh, oh God, I don't. Is it wasn't one of those guys no maybe i'm thinking of american woman where he just like did one song oh. and then literally bought a farm and like yeah. never made music again <laughs> it's not the jay giles who
1: the hell no is it's spirit definitely King? not the
0: Jay. if i know one thing it's never the jay Gile's like there
1: no he sings about centerfold, centerfold ladies, and, yeah
0: and uh, G- uh
1: yeah i think that's it
0: listen i don't know who sings spirit in the sky i think his name is like norman greenbaum or yeah. something speaking speaking of the Bagel Shop.
1: <laughs> He retired and opened up a bagel shop.
0: A bagel farm.
1: <laughs> he raises bagels. Uh he has a dog that chases bagels around the yard. Yeah, a- the big donuts guy is one of the most effective billboards in LA history, along with the Hollywood sign and Angeline's main expert, which is Angeline. Some <laughs> people have claimed that you can even see Randy's donuts while landing at LAX. I believe you can. Yeah. yeah
0: if you have the right seat. If you got the Randy special seat
1: <laughs> on a plane. It's a little bit more expensive, and you have to take your shoes off for longer, but you if you get it, then i say take it. Also, if there's an emergency. On the plane, it's really <laughs> if there's an
0: emergency, you have to be prepared to give donuts to everybody on the plane. <laughs> and if you're not, you better sit somewhere else.
1: If you're in the, the Randy seat when the oxygen comes out, it's just a bunch of donuts. <laughs> it falls all over so you. So hold your bah, breath. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. <laughs> also helping its popularity was the fact that it was and still is open 24 hours a day. Uh, that's good to know. To close up Wendell's story, he started selling off the big donut chain to fund his next project. After seeing how wild drive through Hamburger stands were doing, he went off and created Puppet Taco, a cutesy 60s eatery that served hot dogs, tacos, and pastrami sammies. Uh, most of them eventually became Taco Bell, in 1984, and the surviving tacos are located in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, really? Yeah. So send your parents there. Huh, interesting. But it's just two tell years. Tell me what to do. With your parents. Send your parents. Send them. your parents. <laughs> and you know what? to Tell your little parents. Tell them to bring back a pastrami Sammy for Greg. Because if they like this podcast, they know I love pastrami sandwiches, and I think that they <laughs> like me a little bit more. That they didn't like. I don't think they like me before, but now that they listen to this podcast, yeah, they
0: like. They like you more than me. They said. Yeah. And they explicitly say so. Yeah. Because birthday.
1: they 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 now like. Oh, you tolerate him too. You're part of the family. They said. Oh. You didn't know that we talked on phone.
0: You didn't come to a special Passover that we had?
1: (laughs) (laughs) They let me read the Seder. (laughs) <laughs> I got to eat right off
0: the Seder plate. That shank bone is delicious.
1: I was told to say. But just two years after Robert Escal bought the Big Donut off of Wendell and created Randy's Donuts sandwiches, he was looking to offload it. He went on to sell it to his two cousins, Ron and Larry Weintraub, who owned the store for close to 40 years. During their ownership is when Randy's Donuts became L.A. iconography. Apart from being an L.A. local landmark, you can see that Randy's Donuts pop up in pop culture quite often. Here comes the movies. Earth Girls Are Easy, the American remake of Breathless Okay I didn't even know that existed It's And it happens at Randy's Donuts All all of it It's like (laughs) Reservoir Dogs It all happens at Randy's Donuts (laughs) Problem Child 2 Strip to Kill The Golden Child 2012 Volcano Movie called Love Letters Crocodile Dundee in LA Iron Man 2 where you Iron call Man call that a donut? <laughs> this is a donut. It's yeah. a bagel. He almost got it. Iron Man 2 so it's in the MCU canon now and he sits in the donut. What's um, its superpower? How many did it, it, it disappear the when Thanos it, Half snapped? of it yeah half yeah. of it when he the blip it, every, it
0: every dozen donuts became six it was tragic and now those other six donuts how are they going to cope with this and, what,
1: and How is everyone talking about it? Is there a discrepancy between the experiences between the people that stayed and people who went people who went are just like oh what happened to my house? And Mars attacks.
0: Oh I don't remember it in Mars Attacks. Me neither.
1: <laughs> it's like the most famous I scene know. from Mars Attacks. They're just eating it and we're like, I don't remember that. It's like the thing that kills the aliens
0: again. <laughs> no, that's Tom Jones. <laughs> I remember that much.
1: Um, the show's Arrested Development, Californication, and was the inspiration for Colossal Donuts in the Treehouse of Horror segment from The Simpsons and was in the music video for Randy Newman's I love L.A. Of which Randy's Donuts is his? Its name after him. <laughs>
0: a, he was that little boy. He's that little
1: boy, and he grew up to He's be Randy
0: Reddy. Weintraub or whatever. <laughs> he changed his name and somehow became part of one of the most famous movie families in history. Wow!
1: How do you do it? A little bit like this.
0: <laughs> a girl, the donut shop.
1: Uh, we literally—he's such a prolific musician, and we literally know we him know for two, two things. Yeah,
0: we know for two things that we keep mixing up.
1: <laughs> so Ron and Larry Weintraub, who owned the Shack until 2015, when they decided to retire and sold it to an attorney and entrepreneur, Mike Callagian. Uh Caligian bought Randy's Donuts, this little donut shop in Eaglewood, for two million dollars, and has been putting a lot of effort into expanding the brand. Honestly, that's kind of cheap, especially
0: considering like you own the brand of Randy's Donuts. You like, yeah, kinda, you We should have we should
1: have put too much. I mean, you have yeah, yeah. a
0: full time job. Yeah. I, you know, embezzle yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I, have I embezzle tax money.
1: Fried. I watched <laughs> that documentary on Netflix. Now I know how to. They gave you way too much information on how to do it. And you're like, oh, geez, that's not that hard.
0: All I need is a VPN. What, we could have easily bought a $2 million do- one donut shop.
1: <laughs> I know our investments. We're going to buy the Wetzel's pretzels at Union Station. And we're going <laughs> to. We were going to buy the subway
0: attached to the Bradbury building, <laughs> and that fell through.
1: The red tape. So we're going to put a big pretzel on top of Union Station. It's going to be very classy <laughs>
0: <laughs> on every train, and it just like breaks on their first <laughs> ride for each one. We're not
1: to talk about Wetzels, Pretzels, okay? <laughs> oh, so anyways, they're putting a lot of effort into expanding the brand. Uh, so a lot of branches have been opening up. There's Santa Monica, Downey, Burbank, Pasadena, Torrance, Santa Ana, Bakersfield. Uh, there's a Randy's Donut kiosk opened in the Westfield Century City Mall. I hope they have a to-scale donut on the kiosk. Uh, Al Sagundo, yeah, it's
0: like a little one-person booth, but it's still a 45-foot <laughs> donut on top.
1: Uh, Al Sagundo at the Apollo Landing in 2018 opened and Costa Mesa in 2021. That was a pretty big donut. Kelly is taking the Big Donut International with four big donuts in South Korea. Saudi Arabia, and soon the Philippines. Wow. I went to the one in Burbank today, which was yes. very nice, and it's by the Burbank airport. Brand new. Not a big donut, but that's fine.
0: Well, a plane would crash. I mean, I guess the other one's kind of, but this is like almost on the runway in Burbank. It
1: would have got clipped, yeah.
0: <laughs> or Unless they make it so big that they fly through, through the donut. It.
1: Yeah. Oh! <gasps> out here. Call Um, The bummer about the new donuts is they don't have the big donut, obviously. Callaghan says, because most cities have stupid idiot rules about stupid size and dumb height and this stupid appearance. This is an appearance- exact quote? No, it's, oh. my, it's me. A stupid appearance of any signage. So, like, a lot of cities have regulations that you can't right. put a big donut No donut sky.
0: can be taller than City Hall.
1: The mayor has to have an equivalent donut-sized donut. Size donut. <laughs> yeah, um, the
0: mayor will get uh, self-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> in
1: 2019, the golden brown on the big donut was painted yellow in support of the L.A. Rams with a little Nike logo on it. Just eat it. Um, it's said that the kiosk of the Westfield and Central City sells about a thousand donuts a day that and actually baked in Inglewood at the shack and then the shack itself sells close to 10,000 donuts a day. That's insane. That's There's crazy. no way. I went and it was like I don't want to say it was empty. There were other people there, but there was not like a line around the block but maybe yeah. like it's... Well,
0: one person buys 9,998 uh,
1: yeah. donuts. Very hungry guy. And that guy, Randy Newman. <laughs> <laughs> you can afford it.
0: Um, <laughs> I got a
1: big appetite. <laughs> I wonder if it gets crazy in the morning. I, it ha- Yeah, I
0: yeah. Uh, I imagine there are certain, like probably like 6 a.m. to like 9 a.m. Yeah, it, that's like 5,000 donuts.
1: <laughs> and then I just wrote the entire menu online. I don't know if you want me to read that, but uh, uh, yeah. I will read the premium selections. So matcha tea raised, oh, coffee raised, m ms raised, Oreos raised. Oh, the
0: guy who stomped Moby? Oh, no, no, The guy who rapped about getting, Moby. Moby getting stomped by he Obi. Did, yeah,
1: he didn't do it. Yeah. He rapped about it. Uh, Free pebbles raised, maple raised with churros. S'mores, Ooh. bacon, maple, long, John. You know I don't eat bacon. Uh, it's for me. It's f- Oh, so you don't eat bacon? All the listeners can eat bacon now? Yeah. If yeah. you listen
0: to this, you can't be vaccinated. <laughs> and you also have to
1: keep kosher. Keep safe. Keep kosher. <laughs> Randy's Donuts. Be happy. Be kosher. They also have cookies and brownies and all at a very affordable price. If you're a customer at the Inglewood Manchester Randy's Donuts, you are part of Los Angeles iconography, akin to being at Union Station or LAX or walking the trail to the Hollywood sign, except none of those places have donuts. Yeah. that's Randy's donut. Uh, not
0: intentionally. <laughs> how, mu- how much were these donuts? Because you got three. Okay, you've got three donuts here. You went yeah. crazy at Randy's
1: Donuts. I did. The we got the coffee raised. That was three dollars. And the um, I'm not paying you back. Whoa, <laughs> uh, it's coming out of the fund. The old fashioned and the glazed raised were a dollar fifty each. So it came out to like three glazed
0: raised glazed? and full of <laughs> full of maize. <laughs> okay, let's start with the glazed one. Let's try okay. this. Oh, I think I've only had Randy's once. Uh-huh. The original one. Well, oh, You just jump right in there. Sniff it, man. Oh, Sniff it. Man. Sniff it, my boy. Oh, no, I got glaze in my nose. That's pretty good. That's rich. That's a good glazed donut. It? It's not that sweet, but it's very soft. It tastes
1: very good. Yeah, very sweet, but maybe...
0: Again, one of us has COVID. <laughs> tastes, like, um... tastes like dead nose cells. Um, Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, you want to do the old-fashioned now? Yeah. I typically... The only time I order an old-fashioned is if I'm, like, really hungry because these are yeah. so dense. They're
1: very... Yeah, they're dense. They're heavy. You get it with coffee at Dunkin' it, it's the only way you could break it down but
0: this is a glazed
1: old-fashioned oh it is Yeah,
0: mm, it's pretty good i like the, the the density honestly these donuts could be sweeter for me uh, it really? might just be my covid yeah. uh residue but i feel like these could be sweeter i think pretty sweet that's hard though i like that because it's almost like a cake i'm eating and anytime i'm eating a cake is something i'm like i like
1: that <laughs> i'm into
0: it uh that was pretty okay let's what is this a mocha what
1: no, it's a coffee raised, I believe. It smells
0: like coffee. Yeah, it smells like cigarettes.
1: You're right. Look how thick the frosting is on mm-hmm. it. Mm. That's a thick layer of it.
0: That's really good. Yeah. I think that's my favorite one so far. And I don't even oh, like the coffee cof- flavored stuff that much. This is really taste good. It just hit me. Yeah. I really like the frosting yeah. on yeah. it. Yeah, it's very soft. You call it.
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very coffee y. I'll save food. you for later. <laughs> I need some real food. Yeah.
0: And our final segment, steak dinners. <laughs> um, that was, I really like that coffee one. That yeah. was very good. It, you can really taste the $3 that I. I'm not paying you for it. Okay, so now we've got our final thing. This isn't a particular, well, it's kind of a particular place. And my heart. The thing that's clogging up right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: the thing that's beating exceptionally hard right now.
0: This is something that I had always knew about and like heard about, but didn't know the full story. Right. But I don't know if for you listening, you may not be aware that a majority of local mom and pop donut shops, which we're basically going to be talking about now, in LA and the surrounding area are run by Cambodian immigrants. Right. And at this point, their family, their children, that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to get into why exactly that so, yeah, because very it's, it, it's like a very, not mainstream known thing, but like people who care about donuts in LA know like, oh yeah, Cambodian people, but I'm going to tell you tell what me. a Cambodian person is. <laughs> You've heard of Thailand. You've heard of Vietnam. You've heard of Laos. Not quite. As all fun food episodes of ours end, so does this one with a drawn out conversation about the Khmer Rouge. <laughs> in Los Angeles, there are some 700 donut shops, which is... Is kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, I believe. It. I think. I feel like I've seen them all.
0: I, I saw at least four hundred today. Yeah. I, do,
1: you, do you remember when we were briefly trying to get a picture of you at every donut shop?
0: Yes, it was my goal to eat at every donut shop in Los Angeles and you would take a picture of me in front of it yeah. and I'd try every donut and I'd review them all. What made it fall apart is that I needed a Thomas guide yeah. so that I could mark off on a physical map where I've been so I could keep track of it and I couldn't find a Thomas guide anywhere so the whole project fell apart.
1: You needed to be the data. Like you couldn't go to get data to do your project, you needed to be the data. Yes,
0: because it's so hard to like there's so many and yeah. not all of them are like listed online like it's hard and the only thing that could have saved me was a Thomas guy. <laughs> and nobody could provide one to me. I, I went to I went to like AAA and they're like, Thomas guy. How Donut. <laughs> Randy Newman works here. <laughs> so there, there's about 700 of them. I went to about seven in, the, in this uh, project. Okay, very hard to do. Like I said, that's something that has gotten more of the attention it deserves lately, is that some 80% of those 700 shops are owned by Cambodian American families. This was a fact I was always vaguely aware of, did not know why. The answer is the least referenced dictator, but certainly one of the worst... Pol Pot. You want me to announce him like a uh, wrestling man? Yeah, yeah. Announce and in Pol this corner, <laughs> a tiny little man with a big appetite for genocide, uh, Joe Lewis. <laughs> in the late 1960s and into the 70s, the Communist Party of Kampuchea, aka the Khmer Rouge, started to grow in power within Cambodia with their mission of creating a communist government based almost entirely on agriculture. The leader of this group was Pol Pot, who instigated a Cambodian civil war that killed many, but when he won the war, was when the true horrors started. Like, Pol Pot, bad guy. I'm going to go out on a limb. Bad guy.
1: You can come at me with your opinions. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I know we got a lot of Pol Pot, we got a lot (laughs) of pot bellies out there listening to us, but I'm going to say he's a bad guy. When he came to power, he instituted policies where most people who were rich or educated in any way were executed Mm -hmm. or tortured, and basically everyone else was enslaved to work the farms that would feed the entire company. Which is so scary for me with everything that's going on right now to learn because like whenever these horrible things like what's happening in America right now happen and people say like they've been planning this they're doing this on purpose like part of me is like how could they know to do all that in advance but when There's I read the playbook well yeah when I read <laughs> they all read Pol Pot's biography <laughs> when I read that Pol Pot was purposely targeting people who were educated when I first heard Rich I'm like okay uh, <laughs> but then when I when he went after educated people I'm like oh right. that's why bad people in America America, want to make it harder for people to have basic freedoms and access to education. You're getting That's it. why.
1: You're getting it.
0: Because they know better than to support <laughs> people. Like they, If they were educated, they would know they better. They would say
1: that this is bad and you need to stop it. Yeah, Cool. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> all right. Pol Pot's not the one that was all the teachers and anyone over 100 years old would get executed because he wanted like, hey everybody, we're starting from the like year zero. And they're like, what's uh, that mean? No, that's maybe. I mean. I'm,
0: you might be thinking of ISIS. I, I know that right. ISIS wanted to go back to like a, a different age. Right, Maybe. I didn't look too much into the atrocities of Pol Pot. I uh, I get all my genocidal leaders confused. If you could have dinner with three (laughs) genocidal leaders. Uh, So even these people who were not outright murdered were often starved to death, Mm. died of disease, or died of overwork. Between the years of 1975 to 1979, it's believed that some three million Cambodian people were killed in this genocide. During this time as well, much like what was going on literally one country over to the east in Vietnam around the same time when people like David Tran of Hoi Fung, among yeah. them, were fleeing en masse from the Viet Cong. Hundreds of thousands of Cambodian people were fleeing their country as well. Awful time to be in Southeast Asia. Yeah, 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 yeah. During this time, President Gerald Ford welcomed 130,000 refugees into the U.S. in a compassionate gesture I can only imagine part of the country being outraged about. One of these people in particular had a massive influence, arguably one of the biggest influences anybody has ever had on L.A., I dare say. Unfortunately, this story has to start in the Bitch.
1: Oh, no, Actually, never mind. I'll be outside for this part. Actually,
0: still in Cambodia, bitch. <laughs> the Supreme Court said I could use that word.
1: Yeah, twice. As long as I use that twice and I give yeah. them $50,000. <laughs>
0: One more time, though. <laughs> and we used it in a, a referential sense right, 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 uh, right, right. to a television show. <laughs> Enter Ted Noy. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. N-G-O-Y. Because for years, I had a friend in a middle school named Andy... Nguyen, and I always pronounced it Andy Nguyen. And now, as I'm as I'm old, as I'm a grown man, a grown man yeah. I know that it's Nguyen. Uh, so for so many years, he never corrected me. So now I'm really self conscious of people's Vietnamese and Cambodian <laughs> names. Uh, so please tell me if I'm pronouncing Noi wrong. But you know, keep it to yourself. Before all that horror in the 1960s, his Cambodian name was Tech and as a young man, he was in love with a girl named Sue Ganthini that he met in high school. As it turned out, she lived across the street from him. So he would play the flute out of his window for her to hear at night. The problem was her parents were high up in the Cambodian government. Uh, That was a problem because he was poor as hell and her parents didn't want her associating with him. Classic. A classic Boontek and Suganthini Shakespearean <laughs> drama. Uh, the young lover's solution to this made complete sense to 17-year-olds when he decided to sneak into her family's guarded compound one night, oh. climb into her bedroom, and then hid under her bed for 45 days so that they could spend time together. Wow. I don't know where his family thought he went. Yeah. And I don't know what the bathroom, like, I don't know what yeah, was going yeah, yeah.
1: on. So I'm just eating more. I need two plates of food. <laughs> i just been really hungry and I need to eat my room too.
0: It must have been like E.T. and he was, who drank all the beers? (laughs) They look in her closet and he's dressed like a little doll. A
1: little doll, yeah.
0: A weird plan that worked until one day her parents found out and threatened to kill him. Okay. (laughs) But backed down and said that he just, instead of killing you, you just have to go to our daughter and tell her that you are an untrustworthy womanizer who never loved her. That's all you have to do. It's either that or we kill you.
1: Mm, What are the options again? (laughs) What's option one again? Yeah, Say it slower this
0: time. They even hid behind a curtain in the room to make sure Mm. Oh when he did God. it. But instead, he went up to her and he saw how heartbroken she was by what he was saying. He grabbed a knife and stabbed himself. Oh, jeez. While he was in the hospital recovering, she then tried to take her own life, and her parents was like, Okay, fine. You two can can date.
1: Okay, you've proved that you love each other by trying to kill yeah. yourselves. The original ending of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah.
0: The capulets and the Montague's open up a donut shop. <laughs> the two eventually got married and had three kids, and he weaseled his way into his wife's family's good graces. To get a job as a government liaison for Cambodia in Bangkok, Thailand, cool. uh, Bangkok, Oriental City. I'll reference that song again that you do not know, apparently.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Someday we're just going to have a,
0: a dance party. <laughs> and we're just going to dance to songs that the people from ABBA wrote but didn't record. My
1: favorite band. Not ABBA. How dare you? My favorite band. The band that's not ABBA. <laughs> then in April 1975, while he was home in
0: Phnom Penh, I also might be pronouncing that wrong, right. but please
1: keep it to yourself. Write <laughs> me I've, a letter full of comments and just sneak that in yeah. there how to pronounce it. I'm
0: i have living with enough shame about what I did to Andy Nguyen Nguyen, <laughs> so please don't make me... The, yeah,
1: don't, don't make my adult ears as hard as don't my... Don't attack any more things that I need to be embarrassed <laughs> about. I'm That's what this capacity. whole show is about. Yeah. I have 103
0: episodes of that already. Uh, the Unthinkable happened April 1975, and his country's government collapsed. Right. And people like him, this is Pol Pot, people like him were being hunted for execution. He and his wife and kids managed to flee to Thailand while her parents stayed behind and were executed. Oh, boy. From there, they came to the U.S. as of the Indochina Migration and Refugee Assistance Act, and he ended up in a refugee camp in Camp Pendleton, along with a nephew and two nieces. From here, they were sponsored by the Peace Lutheran Church in Tustin, where they worked. Again, this is the Orange County section. Uh, I swear we'll bring it to Los Angeles eventually. Behind the orange curtain, yeah. First, we were behind the red curtain, (laughs) and then it got orange. It's getting a little clearer. It's getting a little clearer, yeah. Ted, as he now went by, worked as a janitor. Oh my God, you want to talk about jobs. He worked as a janitor at the church until 6 p.m., when he would then go to work as as a salesperson until 10 p.m. when he would then go to work at a gas station until 6 a.m., putting in 17-hour days to make enough money to
1: provide for his oh family. My God. I can't imagine. No, I cannot that's, imagine. That's torturous.
0: You're a salesman
1: until 10 o'clock?
0: I, I don't. Maybe it's like calling. I don't know. Calling other states. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's calling people in Cambodia. Yeah. Would you like to buy a night nice encyclopedia? Yeah. <laughs> but during one of these god-awful night shifts at the gas station, he noticed that the donut shop next door was doing brisk business. Again, people get into the donut shop not of like, I love donuts. It's like, I love money. I I love profit Uh, margins. (laughs) He had no idea what a donut was, so he went inside and saw them selling what looked to him like something they had back in Cambodia called Nam Kong, which are basically donuts, Mm -hmm. but they're made with rice flour, and they're less sweet. Wow! So he tried it, and he loved these big, fat American donuts. So he asked the women working there how he could open up his own donut shop, because they seemed to be doing a lot of business. They suggested he try going to Winchell's, and their donut shop owner training program because Winchell's was looking for people after one of its many, many layoffs. So he did, and he got hired into it as the first Southeast Asian person in the Winchell's management training program in 1979 and was now running a Winchell's near the Balboa Pier in Newport Beach, not far from the banana stand. Uh, Another Arrested (laughs) Development connection. He said, they asked me if I was ready, and I wasn't. I was so tired. (laughs) I wanted to sleep, but I said, yes, I'm ready. So it's easy I yeah, just added more hours to the day. I talked to the government Yeah, and we added eight more hours for me to sleep. <laughs> it's a 32 hour day now. He did everything he could to try to make as much profit as possible up to and including washing and reusing the coffee stirrers, which Winchell's made him stop doing because that's gross. Right. right. But I admire the dedication. Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. There are things like that where I'm like, that's smart, but also super
0: sad and disgusting. Yeah. Um, after six months of running this place, he then fired his entire staff and had his wife and kids come work in it for free instead, which kind of sucks, but Winchell's was A-OK oh with my that. God. His wife ran the counter, even though she couldn't speak English, and the kids were folding boxes and pouring coffee. After a year, he had saved enough money to buy his own donut shop in La Habra. Not quite LA. La Habra Heights is LA. Yes. For $30,000. If you'll watch the video, go to our TikTok, <laughs> uh, and don't leave a comment. For $30,000, he bought this place called Christie's that he also ran with his wife and kids. His wife actually, when she became a U.S. citizen around this time changed her name to uh-huh. her English name became Christy okay. for the donut oh, shop. That's cute. Uh, yeah. He used all the tricks he had learned from Winchell's in this shop like baking the donuts in small batches throughout the day, not only so that they were fresher throughout the day, but also the smell would oh, always right. be there. Like like the Randy's Donuts needs the, the sm- thing. The smell, yeah. It would draw people in all day long. And it was so successful that within a year he had four donut shops of his own. Wow. And within a couple years after that, he had 20 donut <laughs> shops of his own. He usually... Kept the original names of all the donut shops and didn't change them when he took them over because he wasn't interested in building a brand. Like he did not care. He just wanted to successfully run donut shops, which he did. That's perfect. This story gets a little dark, but like this is a overall, this is a very good man. Like he does not care about like I'm gonna take over (laughs) the donut. I'm gonna push like he doesn't care. He just wants to be a part of it, and he is running a bunch of donut shops. Is something anyone should be praised for. Yeah. But what this growing donut network he was running did so much not only for the LA donut scene, but also for his fellow Cambodian refugees. Right. There were, of course, thousands of other Cambodian refugees like him pouring into Southern California, and he knew how hard it was to start a new life here. So he started hiring these oh, people wow. into his donut shops, not only just as employees, but he taught them how to run a donut That's shop. Fantastic. You give a man a donut, he'll donut for a day. You teach a man to donut, he'll donut for the rest of his life. Right. He will donut. Do do or do not. (laughs) There is a donut shop here for you. So he would teach them how to run the stores themselves with the goal of them opening up their own shop one day, like he did. That first Christie's he bought, actually, he leased to some other Cambodians when they bought their second place. Okay. After a while, he was buying up and leasing out donut shops specifically for new refugees that were coming on. Like, this person hears they need a job. Okay, I'll buy you a donut shop. Yeah. And you run it. I get money, you run it. Yeah. Uh, And more importantly, I get money. Um, At his height, he owned 65 stores, all or most of which he was leasing out to fellow Cambodian refugees. And that stretches Orange County, Los Angeles at right. this point. But not only that, he sponsored the visas of hundreds of other refugees, really? paid for many of their airfares to come to America, and even let some of them live in his house until they found a place. Wow. He was the Cambodian donut Oscar Shinler. <laughs> Oscar Cinnamonler. But even for the Cambodian refugees who he wasn't affiliated with, they were moving into LA and seeing fellow Cambodians running donut shops that 10 Noy had leased to them. So they saw the precedent of Cambodians running donut shops and decided to get into the game of their own decision without the help of Noy. So the legacy he created perpetuated. It right. grew and grew. Like, you come to America, you open a donut shop. That's you know, what. Yeah, that's
1: the, that's that's the new dream. Yeah.
0: Like, like, with Chinese people coming in the 1800s, like, you opened a laundry place because other Chinese people did it and it worked for them. And now we there's have an don- industry, yeah. Now there's an industry. Now there's a Cambodian donut industry because of Ted Noy.
1: Crazy.
0: In the mid-90s, the LA Times estimated that there were some 2,400 Cambodian-owned donut shops in the LA area. Crazy! And it was thanks to them that Winchell's was dethroned as the most prominent donut shop in the area and mom and pops took the crown. This is why there are so many little donut shops. It was also thanks to these places that there's so much variety in the donut shop scene, which I love, rather than it's all just yum yum. It's all just Winchell's. And they're the reason Krispy Kreme and Dunkin' Donuts never really took off in LA. In the late, 90s, Dunkin' Donuts had their first invasion of LA and they all closed because of these (laughs) Cambodian donut shops. And even now, there's what? One Krispy Kreme in all of LA? There's like five Dunkin' Donuts maybe? And it's because of these little places. They're also responsible for the iconic pink box being the go-to for for to-go donuts in LA. It's up for debate whether it was Noi or not, but it was definitely a Cambodian donut shop owner who asked the Westco company, who's been around since the 1920s in Pico Rivera, if they had anything cheaper than the standard white boxes so they made a bunch of 9 by 9 by 4 boxes out of some leftover pink stock they had and a legend was born it was all just like the immigrant drive to like let's not be stupid we need money I'm not paying an extra 10 cents a box so it's white I don't care plus pink is closer to red which is a lucky color in Cambodia as opposed to white which is used for mourning and also when you see a pink box it triggers a pink anything it triggers sweetness you get so hungry no when I see that
1: pink box my tongue was already like switching, yeah. switching to sweet. like, no, I'm not ready.
0: <laughs> Lunch is canceled. There's donuts in the vicinity. <laughs> Meanwhile, Noy was doing great. He helped hundreds, if not thousands of refugees start a new life and had $20 million in the bank, Jeez. which he promptly squandered. As his success grew, Noy developed a taste for an extravagant lifestyle buying cars and clothes and a huge house, which is one thing, but then he discovered blackjack
1: oh no
0: he tried it on a trip to las vegas and pretty soon was taking trips to las vegas for days losing five thousand dollars a game he would hide from his wife and kids when they'd walk through the casinos trying to find him so they wouldn't make him leave and when he lost he would get angry he like this was a seriously bad addiction he tried twice joining buddhist monasteries to try to cure himself and each time he's like all right back to Vegas <laughs> after he was done. God. Pretty soon, he was asking the owners of the donut shops he had leased out for loans and they were so grateful to him for what he had done, they oh. couldn't say no, even though word got around that he's not paying these loans back. This forced him into start signing the ownership of these stores to the owners, wow. forging his wife's signature to do so, Ugh. which meant he then lost his income from these places, which meant he went broke. He lost all of his money gambling. Eventually, he was down to one store, which he sold for 85000 Cash, which he put in the trunk of his car. On his way home, he got pulled over by a cop because he was so behind on his car payments. His car was considered stolen. So they were taken into the station. And when they got the car back, the cops had stolen the money. Out oh of, the trunk my of the car. God. So he now had nothing. He had absolutely nothing. And having alienated himself from everyone he knew in Southern California, he and his wife returned to Cambodia to try to start fresh and became born again Christians. Wow. And then Christy flew back to the U.S. for the birth of one of their grandkids. And while he was gone, Ted cheated on her and they got divorced and she left him forever. So now Ted had absolutely nothing. No family, no money, mm-hmm. no donuts. Yeah. All he had was was the Republican Party. He was a big Republican in the oh, United States. No. Orange uh, County. It's like, uh, yeah, right, he had fine. to sign a contract to come <laughs> live in Orange County. He had raised money for George H.W. Bush's campaign. He was invited to his inauguration. He was friends with John McCain. He used these Republican contacts of his to start the garment industry in Cambodia, for better or worse, mostly worse, I think, yeah. and made some money that way and decided to use that money to form, like, a Republican Party in Cambodia. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know. Can we bring back the Khmer Rouge? <laughs> it was called the Free Development Republican Party and he ran for office as the head of this party. Okay. Uh, he lost, but he did get the job of the government advisor on commerce and agriculture, but now it was 2002 and he was broke again for paying for his failed election campaign. Then he had to flee to the U.S. once again because he had a falling out with a political rival and feared for his life, but Jeez. his family here uh, in Southern California didn't want to see him and donut places wouldn't give him work because of what he had done to them. It was his absence ap- absolute lowest moment that lasted four years before he flew back to Cambodia homeless. Uh, he now does real estate in Cambodia. You can see the documentary of his life that came out a couple of years ago called The Donut King, but good luck finding it. I tried watching it and it's nowhere to be found. Back here in LA, his legacy is still going strong, but things are definitely changing. There are still some 1500 Cambodian owned donut shops in California, and they're a really great immigrant story we should all be proud of and give money to while they're still around. But like I said, these shops aren't really guilty going away, but they are changing. The older generation is retiring and their children, the so-called donut kids, <laughs> which is the Cambodian-American kids who grew up folding donut boxes in their parents' donut shops, are taking over these stores, but they're trying to keep up in trendy LA and making the places look sleek and have the donuts be more Instagrammable by like right. covering them in candy, making them look like pandas and sushi, which I am not a fan of at all. I think those do not taste good. Even worse, the pink boxes are going away because they want, like, we got our brand right, boxes. Right, right, right. Cal- California donuts is a perfect example of this in Hollywood. It was started by Cambodian refugees, but now it's known for novelty donuts that are not good. I dare say, but that's enough talk about Cambodian donut places. Greg, let's eat a Cambodian donut. Please. What did you get
1: for us? We've
0: got one final donut. This was from a place called uncle Joe's donuts, <laughs> which I assume is for Joe Biden.
1: <laughs> where, where was this?
0: Uh, this was in like the Northridge ish kind of area. This is a cakey donut with red, white, and blue sprinkles,
1: which I, you love America and the I Supreme love, court so much.
0: It was drawn to it because it was so colorful and as I was like describing it to her I was like don't say the American one don't say the give give me the America donut well let's try it let's see if it stacks up to the big names Hmm. Yeah, it's a good cake donut. It's pretty good. Uh, I, I want to say part of this is COVID, but I want it to be sweeter. But oh. the cakiness is very good. It's oh. it's moist and it's, uh, it's substantial. So uh, who would we say is the winner here? I think probably
1: Randy's. Randy's was probably the one I was like, oh, this is happening.
0: That coffee Randy donuts, I think, was the best one. And honestly, the Yum Yum Maple yes. Bar was
1: pretty good. It was really good. Not yeah. bad. Uh,
0: Uncle Joe, I still like you. Yes, Thanks, right. Uncle Joe. And that's the World of Donuts. Uh, Before we go out, we have a listener question. This is from Joanna Linkhorst. So this is from a couple episodes. In 101 episodes, particularly older episodes, is there something you wish you didn't
1: say or said differently? Oh, absolutely. I
0: regret nothing.
1: I can't even think of a perfect example, but there's plenty of stuff that I wish I had researched better. I wish I had given more time to.
0: Are you talking about Mr. Magoo, the infamous Mr. Magoo? No, I don't even
1: think about that. That's just wrong. I mean, that was incorrect information, but there's like some that I'm like, the Alley Times one, I, I wish I had understood how vast the information was going to be, and I didn't like, I gave it a week when I should have given it a month.
0: Why give it a month when you can give it a week? That's that's the motto of LA Meekly. I mean, I took it a different way, and there are definitely older episodes where thinking back on it, I wish, I I think, like, we probably shouldn't have laughed so much about this or joked so much about this, but I still maintain that we have never made fun of the victim of any situation. Like, in particular, I'm thinking of the Ramon Navarro thing. Right, right, right. Because for some reason, a lot of people started watching that clip on YouTube, and it was just like, how Dare you make fun of this? And I looked back on him like we're not like yeah. we did not make fun of Ramon Navarro. We're laughing at his stupid murderers yeah. and the whole stupid situation. But we never laugh. We never were like yeah. Good thing Ramon Navarro is no. We never said that. Yeah, and we never would say that.
1: No, a lot of it is our sense of humor yeah. between just you and I. Yeah, which can be kind of like a that's off. People don't need to know this. But also, yeah, like we. I wish that there are some things that we had hit with a little more sensitivity and probably. Left. I think
0: we we definitely learned and have done that better now but like yeah i think there's a few things that uh, yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. I, i'm not a, borderline I'm not but not bad i don't think yeah, yeah i don't not not malicious for sure <laughs> we're never like outright malicious and like <laughs> yeah I'm we're imps yeah. we're little imps <laughs> we're stinkers
0: and then i also have anything i've ever said about people who ride bikes because every time i say anything about bikes the bikers come <laughs> after me hard and i'm not talking about hell's angels the
1: only things you regret saying are the things that people have called you out for well, What's that how like? else do
0: you experience regret? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of a few things like, I wish I hadn't like made such a grand statement about this, but nope,
1: I don't regret anything. <laughs> oh, I regret everything. E- every good and bad thing I've said, I'm like, I wish I had just said nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think if I had a Mr. Magoo moment, which if people don't remember, you once said that Mr. Magoo was
1: based on WC or like WC, WC- Fields took I, what I read somewhere was WC Fields took the creators of Mr. Magoo to court because it was a yeah. rip off and then somebody corrected us like, saying WC that WC Fields is dead. long dead by yeah. then or something yeah, sure
0: yeah other than that nah, I'm doing great <laughs> uncancelable. <laughs> come after me and you easily could <laughs> so that's been our, our long awaited for us donut episode we were special mention because I, I wanted you to do Vandecamp right which right. you pointed out that the donut part of the story doesn't really happen until the very end but that is a special shout out supermarket brand not brand but supermarket donut that you can buy Vandecamps which is an LA brand their powdered donuts are very good Mm mm-hmm the, and I'll leave it there.
1: <laughs> the building which is on Fletcher and San Fernando Road is gorgeous. It's now a school, but I grew up near that building. So when you were like, This donuts the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of I'm Like, no, I don't. Like the building which I passed We've
0: had different <laughs> upbringings, two different Star crossed lovers. Yeah. We're the we're the Boontek and
1: <laughs> I um started doing research on Vandicamp and I realized that it would fit better in a different episode. So you're gonna be here about Vandicamp. when I'm day. gonna
0: be talking about those powdered donuts pa- again. Yeah,
1: you can't stop every episode you find a way to bring up those powdered donuts vanicamp boxes. <laughs> you're
0: it gets edited out but not <laughs> this time. But yeah, go go to these mom patronize your local don't patronize, but give your money to your, your, money, your local. Yeah. Be really patronizing <laughs> when you go in there. Go to your local mom and pop place. It's never a bad decision. There's so many there's so many donut places in LA. It's so much fun. You're supporting the people who could use the money more so than Winchell's I dare say. Yeah. But yeah, go yeah. to Winchell's too. It's yeah. a good well Winchell's like, sucked, like but I was go gonna go to say Yoni. like
1: you can go to Sidecar you, you can go to Donut Friend. You can go to any of the fun donut places but also make sure that you just for a regular dozen
0: for every one one sidecar donut, buy three from exactly. your local mom and pop, or pretend you're bringing a dozen sidecar donuts, but it's just one, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's eleven from Uncle Joe's.
1: Which one is mine? Oh, and take that sidecar one, and then uh, everyone else gets uh, plain cake donuts. Day old, of course, because it's cheaper. Of course, of
0: course, but yeah, enjoy uh, enjoy some donuts this July. The perfect way to cool off is just going into a hot little donut shop mm-hmm. and picking up a few crullers. a
1: steaming donut with a steaming <laughs> cup of coffee.
0: Make sure the oil is frying up right when you walk
1: in uh, and
0: put on your parka also yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. we'll be uh, back at you actually I think next week with a very special presentation of something and right. then our music episode after that but uh, hope you all enjoyed your trip down donut lane down the big donut hole <laughs> Alice through the donut hole uh, so that's been yet another episode of LA
1: Meekly Big Toto Big Big dota. Big Donut! Windows shattered. We get Mariah Carey in here to be like, Big Donut! And all the glass <laughs> yeah. shatters in the room. And here
0: she is. Yeah. We've been saving up for 103 <laughs> episodes. Mariah Carey singing Big Donut! <laughs> Thanks for staying quiet this whole time, Mariah Carey. <laughs> all I want for podcast is Big Donut! <laughs> uh, goodbye. Everybody. We're going to eat all these donuts. Yeah, too. bye. Bye.